0: Invest in yourself today with our Insider Pro product, which gives you the career path to reach the next step in your cybersecurity journey. Join today on Cybere.it using the discount code podcast. In this episode of the Cybery podcast, we sit down with Uday Kamath, the Chief Analytics Officer at Digital Reasoning, Jimmy Whitaker, the Director of Applied Research Audio at Digital Reasoning, and John Liu, the CEO of Inteleron. Speaking with Cyberry's VP of Content and Community, Leaf Jackson, they discussed their book, Deep Learning for NLP and Speech Recognition, which includes case studies and implementation of machine learning that are beneficial to both researchers and engineers alike.
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, Leaf Jackson here, VP of Content and Community at Cyberry. Uh, just so excited for our guests today uh, Uday Kamath. N- nice to see you.
0: Hi. My name is uh, Uday Kamath. I work as a Chief Analytics Officer for Digital Reasoning, uh, and the author of uh, the book Deep Learning for NLP and Speech Recognition.
2: Fantastic, with my friends here. fantastic, James. You want to introduce yourself? Sure, I'm uh, James Whitaker. I also go by Jimmy, but J- uh, Jimmy works <laughs> either <yeah>. way. <laughs> I'm, I'm easygoing. Um, and yes, I'm actually uh, a director of applied machine learning at Digital Reasoning, mainly focusing on uh, speech recognition there. Fantastic. fantastic. And John, yes, uh, happy to be here. Uh, my name is John
3: Lille. I'm currently, uh, uh, I guess, uh, founder and CEO of a uh, AI startup. Uh, previously, I was head of uh, uh, data science at Digital Reasoning, and that's where I met my uh, compatriots here. So,
1: fantastic. Well. Uh, so excited to have you here. Uh, just Would you mind just telling us a little bit about your book?
0: Yeah, uh, I can start, and Jimmy and uh, John can give more color. Uh, the prime reason was there were lots of tutorials. There were few academic papers. There were like uh, cookbooks in Python. There were cookbooks in deep learning. But there was nothing tying everything together in terms of what are the basics of machine learning needed? How do you go from machine learning to deep learning? What are the different areas in NLP that deep learning addresses? What are the different things in speech recognition that deep learning can enable you? And tying that together with practicality in terms of case studies, hands-on tools, techniques, the practical insights. So we found that there are pieces around, but there is nothing that puts them together. So that is how the idea started. Gotcha. Jimmy John?
2: Yeah, just a couple of things that I would add. Uh, So it was a pretty heavy focus, um, even on the, the case studies and mixing that with the theory itself. So there were a lot of papers that were uh, that would touch on kind of these theoretical aspects, but you wouldn't actually see uh, much of the implementation itself, or you wouldn't see, um, sometimes you would have uh, exactly what Udeo is saying, but the, the cookbooks, but they wouldn't actually go into great detail on um, what, what's important uh, to focus on from a, a broader scenario, uh, from, from kind of an application rather than just theory. Yeah, and uh, I would say
3: uh, you know, I was very selfish, right? So um, I saw a gap, Uh, out in the the landscape where we had a lot of uh, interesting projects that were applying very interesting ideas uh, with very little theory behind it. At the same time, we had a plethora of papers. I mean, the amount of research has really exploded in the past few years in terms of innovative research, but very little of those, that research is finding its way into application. And so uh, all three of us decided this is perfect opportunity. Let's try to bridge these gaps. And actually, let's write a book that can unite both the theory and practice and apply it to applications that are you know very novel but really about to go mainstream. And that's why we came up with the book.
1: Interesting. Um, well I'd love to hear some more about those applications, particularly in the cyberspace. Uh, particularly because that's that's a lot of our audience, right? Cybersecurity and IT, we have two and a half million professionals all all over the world and they're very interested in this.
0: I would start with basic communications. Uh, since speech and language. What the book is geared towards touches like the main aspect of communication. And if you see, like most of the cyber attacks or intrusions or insiders have some pieces or behaviors or anomalies that is related to communication, including things like phishing or like any of these behaviors, starts with communications. Yes. So understanding what normal communication is, how these different human behaviors from attack perspective can start with natural language, with speech, with text, happening on different data sources like chats, emails. And there, as John mentioned, there's like lots of data. Uh, if you track a company's emails and chats and phones, it would be millions and billions of GBs and to find out that interesting language or interesting speech pattern that can give you a pointer that this indeed is an interesting information uh, or this is different from what uh, uh, the person was communicating or his voice sample doesn't resemble the CEO's voice sample or... The metrics here are completely different, is what you would need an AI system that can scale, that can learn, that can find these interesting patterns in the large volume.
1: Absolutely. And and you have an extensive uh, background in cybersecurity, correct?
0: Yeah. Uh, Previously, uh, before I joined uh, DR, I used to head the cybersecurity and fraud uh, in... uh, AI and had more than 150 customers across financial institutions.
1: Wow. Wow. I used to work at a couple myself. I worked at Equifax, Barclays, yeah. and Capital One. So if I could add too,
3: right? So, um, you know, there's actually some very innovative concepts in, in uh, natural language processing uh, called embeddings. And really, it's mapping, uh, you know, words to embeddings that can actually uh, capture structural and uh, relationships between actual words, between actual uh, concepts. Uh, This is actually a concept that's being applied in, um, you know, interestingly, in malware. Mm -hmm. And what you can do is actually, you know, it seems some very innovative work in terms of building and learning embeddings of malware and therefore identifying their footprint. And in doing so, you can actually uh, probably increase the, you know, the, accuracy in probability of capturing some of this, basically entering within a a firewall within the companies.
0: And many of the techniques which are related to deep learning, but not kind of constrained only to NLP and speech are like transfer learning, domain adaptation are kind of like what you can use irrespective of whether you are in computer vision or in security or any other field.
3: And it goes back that we wrote this book really to provide a foundation, an educational foundation for people interested in machine learning and then deep learning and then the more higher higher concepts in deep learning, such as domain uh, adaptation, such as reinforcement learning and, you know, learning uh, these concepts in the domain of natural language and speech recognition, uh, hopefully will set someone up to actually apply them elsewhere.
2: Yeah, just to follow along with that, I think there's um, there's a lot of kind of basics of kind of these machine learning and deep learning components that are in the earlier stages of the book that, uh, that are really crucial in a number of ways. I mean, a lot of them get their grounding in uh, computer vision and then have been adapted. Exactly what John was saying. The, the fundamental like building blocks of it allow you to do things, um, that can be, uh, like spatial relationships between uh, either numbers or variables or uh, different types of in- entities. I've seen some people use instruction sets as these kinds of uh, input variables, or even um, learning sequential type modeling of, uh, like, if there's a, I've, I've actually, uh, a friend of mine has worked on this, but sequences of instructions, very similar to some of these NLP tasks, um, but looking at what the relationships between. Um, these different entities are over time, uh, and how you can model these things, uh, and and yeah, just actually be able to classify certain types of behavior or something like that. Uh, it's all it's very similar to to NLP in that regard.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the most interesting chapter is on the reinforcement learning, and even though we applied it for NLP and speech, as uh, Jimmy mentioned, reinforcement learning is that part of learning which is more AI than like any other uh, techniques because you understand just like humans, if you are following certain actions, how do you learn from that actions? How do you understand the policies or rules that have guided you through the actions? And whether it is a normal action or an anomalous action like in malware attacks, You normally, you can train a reinforcement agent to actually understand, make it more explainable, and even have a policy-based system that guides you through that.
3: Absolutely. It goes back to say, like, language is very sequential based. A language language is a set of sequences Uh, When you actually can learn and identify a set of sequences. You can also do that in terms of actual malware intrusions so there's uh, some very interesting concepts i think that will come out of nlp and be applied to uh, as we as we speak now are being applied to uh to cybersecurity
1: absolutely and, and are there you know particular work roles in cyber that you think would could especially benefit from the book
3: yeah so i i think um, well let me speak first uh, i think that obviously cyber security researchers will find the book very yeah, useful yeah absolutely uh, at the same time i would add that um you know, especially with the case studies, I think uh, cybersecurity engineers. So we'll find that in fact, there's a lot of very interesting information, interesting code snippets um, that can be applied practically for some of their problems.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you're right. Like researchers, data scientists, data engineers, uh, we try to touch everyone through the book. Uh, uh, If you have a data set, we have like, a Dockerized service which can run through the Jupyter platform, like the entire notebooks, which have snippets of the code, working really on the data, uh, using the tools, using the libraries to give that practical uh, understanding. And even though the data can be coming from the cyber world, they can just work on those case studies and see it live, understand it, and... Just modify things to their accord and make it practical for them.
1: So, what are some of the, like the major skill sets that you would anticipate um, in the field that that somebody would
2: need, particularly in the cyberspace uh, f- for for these types of applications yes. in particular? Yeah. So, I think um, probably one of the main ones is just kind of an understanding of the data itself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just usually uh, whether this is either. Um, i, I don 't know if they're they 're just like kind of infiltration logs or whatever else they might be, right, but these right. types of things um, but uh, the understanding of the data is pretty crucial uh, from the start, and then uh, also some of the fundamentals of deep learning uh, in particular uh, on how how you would structure a problem, for instance, is it a classification type problem? are you trying to say this is a vulnerability this isn 't a vulnerability or this is an attack this isn't an attack um, from that perspective, or and how you would actually structure the the components of the the deep learning network to actually um, perform uh, a task that a task on something like that, and then I think another um, aspect that I would imagine is uh, just uh, kind of getting creative with it and and seeing what things or just kind of imaginative on what things could be um, captured in something like an embedding space, uh, and so ultim- I, I don't know how how Familiar people are with embedding spaces, but essentially, it's the idea is uh, at least from an NLP perspective. You have a sequence of words. You just turn each of those words into uh, like a vector of numbers that represents so the meaning that's derived for that word. And you usually learn that through um, looking at a lot of data. And given the context, you start to actual actually understand what the what the meaning and representation representation of that work is. Uh, so you t- you start to learn things like. Um, I know I'm tangenting off the question. But that was fine. <laughs> you start to learn things like uh, these types of instructions are usually seen in similar um, similar context, and therefore, uh, but this this one's only seen in uh, the particular case of vulnerability. So then maybe you can start to classify some of those things. So I think it would be um, definitely a data science type uh, of, of skill set is probably essential in knowing how to manipulate data and some of the. Um, the caveats and some of the gotchas that can come in with that, but then also uh, just uh, kind, of, kind of an interest in, 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 uh, in how you can structure something to, to learn the, the underlying representation of what you're, what you're really trying to target and how to kind of t- tweak these building blocks to get there. The number of tools in the toolbox is growing exponentially these days, right? Mm-hmm.
3: So I think it's actually a very important uh, skill to have to actually figure out what's the right tool for, for the right job. And uh, or it's a sequence of tools, but what you don't want to do, and I've seen a lot of people do is throw everything, including the kitchen sink, at a problem. You don't want to take a data set, you don't want to run PCA and then cluster it and apply it through a you know neural network that would be what we would call overkill, right? so and probably run over a couple of times. So I think where uh, students as they gain more uh, I guess uh, vocation in this uh, in this field, it's actually learning and understanding what tools are what used for what, what techniques are, why are they used, how are they useful, when are they useful. Because you can actually short circuit a lot of time and a lot of resources if you actually throw the right uh tool at the problem. And so I hope that you know people reading our book will gain some of that insight, what what we call practical knowledge. Um it definitely was one of the focuses in our book.
1: So in terms of data, right? So it sounds like I mean, there's a lot of unstructured data out there. So how are how are some of the best, you know, companies in the world, some, uh, you know, really structuring this data and, and using it to their advantage?
0: I mean, like, uh, it is domain-specific, right? Like, uh, the way healthcare is working, uh, how to capture the patient records, how to capture the doctor notes, how to capture the pathology reports and actually find interesting patterns across so that it helps uh, whether finding certain things or automating certain stuff. So it has to start not from the data, but from what you're trying to automate or what you're trying to find, which is kind of the ROI or reducing your work. And once you have that fixed, then mapping it to a process and eventually to the data is what happens. So finally the answer lies in the data, but you need to start from the top level goal of like how what are the things you are trying to automate or what are the tri- things you are trying to learn or predict or invent. And from that, what, what is the process normally a human would do or you want a machine to follow? And then comes the data aspect of it. So healthcare would do it differently. Finance would do it differently. Trade uh, Traders and trading world would do it differently. Google, which keeps a record of like everything that is going on from emails to... Uh, processing of uh, uh, communication does it differently. Amazon, which stores information in terms of uh, uh, what you are buying, whom, what resources you are uh, using and what is your profile of buying things, keeps the data and mines it differently. So for me, it is like completely dependent on who it is and what they are solving for.
2: Yeah. I think one thing that we kind of touched on uh, towards the end of the book, maybe in the conclusions and f- future outlooks, um, is the the way like data is going to become kind of a, a a key. I mean, it's already a key focus with with most problems, but it's going to become um, a resource almost like the code itself. So uh, th- there's kind of this idea. Uh, I know I get some eye rolls on this one potentially, but uh, how software 2.0 is kind of a, the kitschy term for it. But, um, how all software will eventually be learning based in some way in the near future and machine learning oriented and so um just like your code is uh is versioned and you're tracking bugs and you're you're um maintaining that code over time and doing these bug fixes based on that, the data is uh that you're learning from is then becoming a contributor to that code, so how you're tracking that and um learning from it uh is going to be an iterative process as well so and this uh and this has like a few different components to it, obviously, um, which is I mean the collection process that's probably the furthest upstream, the models that you're training, how that training data is changing over time, um, and then even like the models and other types of things I mean we're also in the in the dawning of a lot of the deep learning stuff, so there's there's plenty more that's going to be coming out, and so the newer techniques that are that are um obviously going to be used with the same same types of data uh, or same data that you've collected it's going to be reused for. For a long time, so just uh, a lot of the the things on that are going to be really interesting as they go.
3: So, actually, in our book, we actually do cover some of the more leading techniques in terms of uh, semi-supervised learning, mm-hmm. uh, one-shot learning, zero-shot learning. These are techniques that are being developed right now, uh, and really, have been some of them have been developed in research specifically to address learning from small data. Where you have only a small set of labeled data, because you know the reality is in our world there's a lot of unstructured data, there's very little labeled data, uh, and unfortunately it's very expensive to label, and there's lots of lots of concerns about you know how label you know, inter annotator agreement. There's lots of issues with that. The one other uh, trick that we have seen uh, taking place in the industry is to um, you know try to self-label, and you know, I say self-label. Uh, you know, there's actually a very interesting technique in language modeling, for instance, where we have a stream of words, sentence, and we try to use the previous words to predict the next word, because we know what the next word is, right. but that word becomes a label then. And so if you think about sequences, you can take the ability to do that, you know, whether in, uh, you know, for instance, uh, a lot of people are interested in blockchain markets right now, and again, in, in price prediction. Well, in fact, if you think about all the previous price history as using features to predict the next data point. You do actually have a label data set in that sense. Actually have too much label data. Uh, the last thing I would say is um, you know, people think language is an easy thing to train for uh for computers. Right. All right. Or if you think about it, it takes a baby a year to acquire language. And before that, it took probably eight hundred thousand dollars of, of development, <laughs> evolution, so that the the neural pathways were set up for that baby to learn that language. It's a very tough problem. And uh you know, so we, we, we deal with many ways, uh, many things. Obviously, you know, AI, is, is, um, AI research is you know, evolving at a very rapid pace. Um, there are still gaps. And so we encourage people to actually learn about AI because, in fact, you may be the one to actually fill that gap and create something very
1: innovative. That's fantastic. Uh, well, I appreciate you guys coming today. I really appreciate it. Um, any, any last thoughts or words for the audience?
0: I think uh, it's an, as Jimmy and John mentioned, like this is like the great time for uh, people to take on AI if you are not already uh, doing some form of AI, because from hardware, tools, data, resources, you have almost everything available to you. And with this book, we have tried to put all the things together and enable you to do that. So all the power to the readers and the podcast hears to take on that. Thank you so much, uh, Leif, for uh, doing this. Well, thank you for coming.
1: Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much.
0: Hey, this is Thor. Thanks for listening to the
2: Cyberry podcast and make sure to check back next Wednesday for our newest episode.